0: So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast. This is episode 362 for the 25th of Cheshvan in year. In 2012, Barack Obama delivered a an election campaign speech in which he uttered the famous, or perhaps I should say notorious, quote, if you've got a business, you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. Now he got a lot, a lot of stock for that. Uh, Mitt Romney in particular attacked President Obama for that as did many other Republicans primarily. And while I do try to shy away from too much political talk on this podcast, I did want to talk about this statement just a little bit and talk about it in relation to today's Tanya and what what uh, what it is that we'll be discussing. So basically, what Barack Obama was trying to say was that anybody who has a business benefited from many different public services. So he was sort of touting the benefits of public services, taxes, and things like that, and kind of saying that like we don't live alone, we don't we can't do things on our own, and people who are just these. Pure capitalist kind of people who uh, are feel like they're libertarian minded and very self sufficient. Like the truth is, even these every single business has benefited in some way from community help, from taxes, from the government. Okay, so now the opposite spectrum of that, the people who uh, who uh, who challenged Barack Obama in this way and who attacked him for saying this, felt like that this was like an extreme chutzpah, that this was sort of like, how dare you say that? These people, you know, I, I'm a business owner, for example, like we put so much work into our businesses, like how dare you say that we didn't build it, that this is not something that we did and you're giving the credit to the government and to taxes for doing this. Like how, you know, I put a lot of work into my business, I take a lot of pride in my business and to say that I didn't build it and that in fact it was built by government because maybe like I benefited from like a PPP loan, like during COVID days, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, that sure, that was very helpful as when my business was like really not very functional during that time. But to give all the credit to that seems kind of silly, seems kind of like um, disingenuous. But nevertheless, um, there is something to what Barack Obama is saying in the sense that we don't live on an island and we are kind of all interconnected and we are all influenced by one another. And this is exactly what we're going to be learning about today in terms of charity, in terms of giving charity. So for context, we've actually reached the final epistle of Yerusha Kodesh. It's very cool. Uh, so, And this final epistle, which we've seen is a, a theme of much of Yerusha Kodesh, has been the theme of Tzaka, the theme of giving charity. And what we'll learn about today is that there are actually two levels of giving charity, there's the level of giving charity where it is prompted, where where you're inspired to give charity because of someone else, someone else inspired you to give charity. And then there's a type of giving charity, which arouses from inside of yourself, which is self-generated. And they both have merit, believe it or not. So it's like, Each each one kind of have its has its purpose to it. And as mentioned, we're all interconnected. So we are all influenced by other people. So take a moment and think about a time. Think about the last act of charity you did. This could be like a monetary kind of charity, like when you gave charity, or think about, you know, maybe just like an a a nice deed that you did for someone else. What inspired you to do it? Did somebody ask you to give charity and then you gave the charity or perhaps you saw somebody volunteering or you saw some somebody do something uh, nice and you said to yourself like, oh, wow, you know, that's that's really something I should do as well. Did that happen or did it spontaneously arise within you from the inside in like kind of like this more internal self way? So. I don't know the answer to that, but sometimes it's the first, right? And sometimes it's the latter. Both of these things can happen. And this is what we're going to be learning about today is that these are two distinct different types of charity that both have merit the way that the the altar is going to describe these two is where the first one he actually says is a feminine type of charity the first one where we are we give charity because we're inspired by someone else who told us or inspired us to give charity and the reason why this is a feminine type of charity is because femininity the feminine energy in kabbalah and chasidus is an energy of receiving of uh of being a a recipient and so in this case even though yes the person is giving charity so they're a giver the the reason why they're giving the charity is because they're actually receiving the inspiration from someone else so in an interesting way the giver in that sense is also a receiver and another deeper kind of spiritual reason why they are a receiver is because giving charity in such a manner giving charity because you were inspired by someone else uh, actually allows for, what it does is it creates a vessel for a certain light, for a light that is sovev koalami, and it's called the light that surrounds all the world, a transcendent light, we've talked about this light before, to become manifest in the future era in the time of the resurrection of the dead. So in the times of the, the resurrection of the dead, there's going to be a, a very a, a revealed godliness, revealed godly energy uh, and light that we can't even imagine. And that and when we uh, when we do these acts of charity what we do is we create like a receptacle for this light to become manifest. Just like for example, if you think about like a, um, a candle, a candle needs a wick for the flame. So our acts of charity in this manner uh, in this way of being inspired by others is to give charity and then we go and give that charity that creates that wick that creates that vessel that vehicle to allow the light to manifest to shine okay now what's the second act of charity that seems like a pretty good thing you're giving charity someone inspires you to do it and you do it the second act of charity is a more is a is a self-generated Act of charity. This is an act of charity that it's not that somebody from the outside influenced you and inspired you to give charity, but you actually inspired yourself through the Shema prayer, through the the Shema prayer that, that a person reads, if they really meditate upon it, meditate upon the godliness, um, the unity of the world. And this inspires them to really want to give of their life, which really means your money, because as we've discussed earlier in the Tanya, your money really is your life this is where you put your flesh and blood into and the toil. And even if you are, um, like you, 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 you live off of somebody else, like you have like a trust fund or whatever it is. It's still like you could have used this money for things in your life to live instead of you're giving it to Tzedakah. So when a person chooses of their own accord, not through inspiration from the outside, but from their own accord to give uh, their money to charity, this is a more masculine type of charity. This is where you're really, really a giver and the effect of this type of charity is that not only like instead of it just becoming this like receptacle to for this transcendent light in the future to come, it actually draws down that light, draws down that light of the Orient self into this world um, that will be revealed in the future to come. So we'll get into the text now. And as we'll see, each one of these forms of charity has a different um Phrase a different citation that the ultra of it brings to describe both of these. And we'll see that the first one, because it is a more feminine type of charity where you're acting as a recipient, recipients, you are, you're creating a vessel for that light to shine down actually is written in a feminine manner. It says, um, his charity will stand forever. And the word in Hebrew is feminine in nature versus The second form of charity, which is related to the more masculine form of charity, where you're actually drawing down that light, you're not just creating a vesicle for that light. This actually is hinted at in a phrase that is more masculine in nature where it says tzedek lefanav where we see that tzedek first of all it's the word staka without the hay, so it makes it into a more masculine way versus staka the word staka is feminine by nature and lefanav walks before him this these are also also in the masculine gender in hebrew so Let's get into exploring this, this text. And again, for context, we are at the very end of Igeros Hakadosh. We're going to be learning the final epistle of uh, of Igeros Hakadosh. This is Epistle Thirty Two, and this epistle begins also with a blessing, as many of these epistles do. Where the ultra but begins with a blessing um, to to his chasidim for all of the work that they've been doing. So this is sort of like it's it's a little bit of a recognition, a uh, epistle that we're going to be learning like kind of like a um an epistle of gratitude for the fact that his chassidim have been giving so much staka and have inspired so many people to give staka and he says that he really wants to encourage them to continue doing this and you know with their generous heart that this is jews are very generous by nature and he's really encouraging he's he's like acknowledging the fact that they've given so much staka and inspired others to give and he's inspiring people to continue to do so so the ultra rest says that this type of uh Inspiration, like when you inspire other people to give tzedakah, then the tzedakah that this person ultimately gives, the the way this tzedakah is referred to, like if you if you tell your friends, you know what you should, um, I'm collecting money for tzedakah for a poor family. Do you want to give some money to tzedakah? And then your friend gives that money to tzedakah. That money that your friend gives is referred to. Is it uh, an allusion to this this type of giving? Is referred to in Tehillim chapter one hundred and. 11 Verse 3, where it says, Sit la'ad His staka stands, stands forever. So, meaning to say, that so we're going to analyze this phrase a little bit, that there's first of all, the thing to notice with this that stands forever. So, there's an et- eternality to the giving. We know anytime we do a good deed, we've talked about this before in the podcast, especially if you give staka, this lasts forever. This we've spoken about in, in a previous episode. I remember there was this idea that anytime you do a good deed, it creates like this atmosphere of gun in around you that really just lasts forever um, and this is true for any good deed that you do especially at you plant that stucca, it's a cumulative effect throughout your lifetime it doesn't go away it's it's always there at that stucca that you gave but the other thing to notice about it is that this word omedet stands is a um is is, is, is a feminine word so why is it feminine? So we know that as we spoke about in the introduction, the idea of femininity is this idea of rec- receiving it's a recipient and so this is like you're basically you're receiving from the one who told you to give when you when if you go to your friend and you say hey i'm I'm uh, I'm collecting money for a poor family would you like to give some? money, and then your friend says, yes, I would, your friend is receiving that influence from you, right? And this is really a great thing that you're doing because you, you know, it's like better than leading a man to fish is to teach him how to fish. Not only are you hopefully giving to your friend as well, you're inspiring other people to give. So this is a very amazing thing to inspire people to give staka. And, uh, and when you do so, then the staka that they give stands forever. And so now what, what does this mean? What does it mean that it stands forever? forever and that it's feminine in nature like how how can we understand this spiritually speaking so basically um right now we're living in exile we're living in a state of of gullus where god is is concealed from the world but in the future to come there's going to come a time in the future where uh where it's gonna be even after Moshiach comes, we're gonna be living in this physical world and there's gonna be the resurrection of the dead. This is the ultimate time of the revelation of godliness in this world. And the type of revelation that's gonna come there is in a way of what we call Soviv Koamin. This is the transcendent nature of the light of God. And this is um and the Ultra says that he spoke about this at length in a previous letter. This is in Epistle 17, if you want to look that up, where the Ultra spoke about this revelation that's gonna happen at that time and so in order for this revelation to happen it's going to be a very amazing revelation in this time of, of the resurrection of the dead there needs to be a, a vessel for it we need it needs something to to hold this revelation just like the body serves as a uh as a vehicle for the soul um so basically and also like we can think about this in terms of like fire so like we know that like uh that fire the only way that we can see fire in the world is if there's a wick to it right like you can't like anytime you see fire there's always something that it's holding on to it's not just like fire there's always even if you have like a torch so it's like the torch is like serving as that wick so there needs if you want the soul to be manifest, there needs to be a body. If you need want fire to be manifest, there has to be a wick or some vessel of some sort. And so now what about when we talk about the um the light of God, what is the vessel or the the wick for the light of God? This is the attribute of hasad this is the attribute of kindness and the generosity of the heart um to give. So this is the this is the giving of the tztaqa. And in the Tikkun Azar, they actually talk about this, that they say that um, this is why we can see that that chesed is described as the right arm. So you might have heard this idea before, that it's like, you know, we talked about how the spheros, the different attributes are all likened to different parts of the body. They, they sort of have like a... Um, an illustration on the different parts of the body. And so chassid is often likened to the right arm. And the reason why is because the attribute of giving of kindness is associated with the right. And it's like, you know, when you give, you think about it, if you're a righty, and anyways, then you give with your right hand. If you're a lefty, that's kind of an interesting question, how that fits in, uh, though it can fit in, Um, but Discussion for another time where it's sort of like your left becomes your right um, But so yeah, so basically so it's like and, and, and there's this idea that the entire body is included in the right in the right side so it's sort of like starts on the right and that's everything flows from there so uh, and so there's this idea, basically, what the altar is trying to bring out is this idea that staka is a body, staka is a vessel, it's a vehicle. And he even cites in Rosh Hashanah Davening that we see, it says, levushot staka, his garment is staka. So the staka serves as this garment, as this as this vessel for God's light. Uh, and the altar says that this is how we can understand the teaching that we find in the Gemara, in Masachat Sukkah, page 49b, that... The, that that is recompensed only according to the kindness within it, meaning to say that um, and and the way that we, and another citation to understand this is in Hosea chapter ten verse twelve. So for yourselves for staka reap according to the kindness. So meaning to say, so what what's this whole talk of like plantation and harvest all that kind of stuff is that. When you plant a seed, that seed is hidden in the soil, and then eventually that 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 soil, that seed that's planted in the soil leads to the growth of a great um, plant or or a tree or something like that. So the same thing here too. It's like when we do stuka in this in this way that we've been describing, then we're basically like planting a seed here that eventually will become revealed. it will it, it, it's like creating this vessel, this um this containment for this great light that's going to be revealed in the future to come um, in the time of the resurrection of the dead. And then to understand this uh, this eternal aspects of it, where it says, la'ad, where it's going to be s- uh, standing forever, the way that we can understand this, like why is it, okay, so it's one thing to say that it creates this like vessel, but why is it a vessel that stands forever? Is because we know that there's this idea that, that God and his, vessels god and his kilim are actually one in the same and this is true when we talk about the vessels of the spheros of atsillus which is the highest of all world so all the more so that when we talk about the we're talking about the level that's even above atsillus when we talk about the transcendence level of god the transcendent level this this sucka which we've been referring to in the feminine form meaning that it's receiving um it's receiving uh Light, the light that it's receiving here comes from this place of the suvakkalama, the the transcendent level that becomes revealed in the time of. Of so because it's coming from this like transcendent level, then it, it's eternal because it's it's above time. It's transcendent, right? Okay, so that's about the first level of tzedakah. This whole feminine level of tzedakah, this is the tzedakah that happens as a result of being inspired by someone else. Now we're going to get into the second level, the level that is the masculine level of giving stakha. This is referenced to in a verse from Tehillim, chapter 85, verse 14, where it says, Tzedek lefanah v'alech, Tzedek shall go before him. Which is written in the masculine form. If anybody knows Hebrew, this tzedek, Tzedek is uh, is masculine and yihalech, yihalech is also masculine. It's we'll walk before him, we'll go before him. So this, what is this? What do we mean by this level of tzedakah? This is the attribute of chassad that gets aroused in a person's heart on their of their own accord through arousing their love of God during Shema. When they say the Shema prayer, where they really, if a person says the Shema prayer properly, they get so aroused to want to unify with God and to give over their entire life to this oneness. Because it's like you kind of realize, recognize that this unity that encompasses everything not only creation beyond creation everything like everything is really one and you want to be cleaved to this oneness you want to attach yourself to this oneness so this is the idea this is um epitomized in the phrase with all of your self is one way to describe it or all of your wealth like which is really connected if you think about it, like as we described before, that your being is really encompassed weirdly enough in your money because your money is what you use to sustain your life, right? And so now, so when a person has this type of, when they give on this level, when they give from this place that they've generated from the inside, where they really want to give of themselves like for real this is a, an arousal from below this is an as it's called in kabbalistic terminology and this causes an effect above this so we've we've brought this phrase up many times this idea that like water reflects face to face so it's like when we give from below in this way then this causes the supernal man above to give from above so the asarusa de la tata the arousal from below elicits an arousal, de la Ela, an arousal from above what is this arousal from above this is the drawing down of the light of god uh, and on the level of the soul of the Kalami, the transcendent light down here into this physical world in a way that will be revealed in the time of the resurrection of death of the dead as was explained um at length, again, in that other epistle, I think it was epistle 17, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so this is why we say, this is why it's, um, Tzedek will be, go before him. So now we can understand it in um, in another sense that what does it mean go before him? Because it's leading. It's like leading the way. It's not just a recipient. It's not just a follower. Like, oh, you're giving staka, everyone's do it, doing it, so I should do it too. No, I'm leading the way. I'm deciding of my own accord. I'm motivated on my own to give staka. So that's, that's, Um, where it's tzedek lefanav yalech tzedek will go before him also another way to understand it is it's it's drawing down lefanav this word in hebrew is before it also means face the inside the panim it's related to the word panim so it's, it's it's drawing down from the supernal panim the supernal face the supernal internal aspect which is um which, comes from, which, uh, which is above Atsilus, all the way down, and it brings it down here into our physical world, into the world of Aesir. Um and, uh, and so the ultraviolet concludes here, and he says, now is the time to be brief. So uh, meaning it sounds like he's saying we could elaborate on this a lot, but he wants to kind of conclude here and keep it short. And he, he concludes with a blessing in which he cites to Tehillim, chapter 125, verse 4, which literally means, do good, O God, to the good and to those who are upright in their heart. Uh, and this is the wish, uh, the prayer to all who seek your welfare. So basically, the altar is asking Hashem to bless everybody who gives. So that's the end of the section. That's the end of this Sefer crazy. We have one more Sefer le- left in the, the Tanya and then we're going to begin a whole new cycle. Very, very cool. So just to conclude here and let's bring it back to Barack Obama's quote. Was he right? Was Barack Obama right? Do did we do we not build this? Do we sometimes, you know, well, if you're inspired by someone else uh who tells you to give stock up, and then you go and give stock up? is that do you get credit for that? The answer is yes, you do. So ultimately Barack Obama was wrong, sorry to say, because it we ultimately do get credit. However, yes, it's it's also true that there is a difference. There are times when we are influenced by other people to give, which is a beautiful thing and we should be influenced by other people. But that type of giving is a rec- receiving kind of giving. It's a it's a feminine form of giving which totally has its place and it creates this vessel which is really great and uh, then there's but then there's another type of giving which is in a sense higher where we're giving of our own accord where we're generating it for ourselves we don't need that those handouts from the government we are doing it on our own in the sense we we are inspired through our own meditative process to give and this creates not just a vessel for God's light but it actually draws down the light itself which will all both of these things will be revealed in the ultimate time the ultimate time of the world which will be in the time of the resurrection of the dead in the future to come so that's it for today and stay tuned tomorrow when we begin our final safer in this uh, in this whole series called Ahran. the last booklet is tra- is the literal translation of what that means I'll speak to you then thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer